Moncrief on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone, the internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us uh, once again to talk about something that may or may not have had an impact in your life. The roller skate. Was this inspired by the by our watching of The Crown? Yeah, there's a particular episode at the beginning of the new season, Sean, where um, Lady Diana, as she was at the time, was sort of abandoned in Buckingham Palace once the betrothal was decided upon while Charles went off on a six week tour someplace. And uh, she gets very bored in the palace, um, filmed in Lancaster House, I believe, and uh, she takes out the roller skates. So it got me thinking, was she actually a roller skater? And Truth be told, she was. There were photographs taken of her in 1995 roller skating. So it is somewhat based on fact. Whether she did it in Buckingham Palace or not, I don't know. There's probably plenty of room. You could do it indoors. It'd be great crack. Absolutely. All those long galleries. Yeah. Though if you and you uh, and someone did tweet uh, one of the you know newspaper reportage of that 95 uh, uh, roller skating, uh, it's hard to imagine now just how shocked. Some elements of the uh, of the British media were by that you, kind of behaviour. I know, yeah, but can you imagine Philip coming around the corner yeah. <laughs> and discovering <laughs> Diana roller skating down? Not, not the first time he's crashed into a random woman. Uh, <laughs> Uh, usually the woman comes off worse in those kind of incidences. Anyway, so so how far back? Because one imagines that maybe roller skating is the 20th century thing. Yeah, so it all begins in the 18th century, rather ingloriously, it has to be said, Sean. It was with an inventor, a Belgian inventor who lived in London by the name of John Joseph Merlin. Now, he was famous for wheeled inventions. Mm. In particular, he made a very important contribution to uh, disability um, with the invention of the first self-propelled wheelchair. So this is a wheelchair that you could roll yourself as a user. Um, Now, he called it the gouty chair, which isn't... (laughs) Perhaps <laughs> not the most PC title. <laughs> not the most PC title. It was no. designed for those who were suffering, who were drinking too much red wine and eating yes. too much rare beef. Yeah. Uh, those afflicted with gout, the gouty chair. So um, he came up with why not? Uh, he was going to a masquerade ball, actually. That's what it was in Carlisle House in London. And he put his shoes on wheels and he made a grand entrance while playing the violin, rolling on his roller skates and he crashed into a very expensive mirror and had life-threatening injuries <laughs> oh God. as a result. Did he need the gouty chair afterwards? He definitely <laughs> needed the gouty chair afterwards because um, the problem with his with his roller skates was that they had three wheels. I don't know why he decided on just three wheels and they weren't able to turn. Mm. And this is the big challenge faced by early innovators in roller skate technology is, okay, it's a great idea to put a human on wheels. Okay, let's see what we can do with that. But the challenge is, how do you first, firstly allow uh, a roller skate user to turn successfully, safely, gracefully? And secondly, how do you allow them to break, to stop? Mm. Those were two really important things that took about a century and a half to figure out. And it wasn't until 1863 that this story moves stateside to New York when a furniture maker there by the name of James Leonard Plimpton he invented the first successful 
uh, roller skate, which he called guidable parlor skates. Right. Uh, and so from the name, he was intending them for indoor use. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny, I was watching um, Charlie Chaplin's 1916 movie, The Rink, earlier, just some, some scenes from it. And um, this uh, movie, it takes place in roller skating rinks, which were really popular mm. in London in the early 20th century because it was oft, it was generally considered an indoor sport, not nowadays where we, we see people going through parks. But you can imagine, Sean, every place is tarred now and you've got lovely smooth surfaces. In the turn of the century, I'd say it would be hard to find a nice yeah. smooth surface outside for sure. Yeah, so, so this was, it, it, did he deliberately think of this as an alternative to ice skating, which obviously you can't do all year round? Yeah, so he was an ice skater. Um, He was doing it for health reasons. When the snow melted in Central Park, the ice melted, he wanted to find an alternative and he decided to try and adapt the roller skate. Now, he made it out of boxwood. I did tweet a photograph of it earlier. It looks very heavy, very Mm. bulky. But the key thing that you'll notice with this, Sean, and I have to say, I'm not a roller skater, so it took me a while to kind of understand what was going on with the technology here. Roller skates really haven't changed much since 1863. You'll notice that there are four wheels. The two front wheels are very, very close together. And if you don't look carefully, they just look like one big roller wheel. And the back, the heel also has two wheels. And it's about, uh, and I should say, uh, they are on a pivot, which means that you can turn. But crucially, what happens when you have the two separate wheels on the front and two on the back is that when you lean into either side you are kind of you can imagine like a skier or a, an ice skater you are very gracefully allowing yourself to move to the left or to the right depending mm. on where you shift your weight and that's what uh, Plimpton that was the genius of, of what he discovered really Right okay and so the, because, and because he didn't do that many life threatening injuries as a result of using it uh did it was it commercially viable then at that point? It was a huge success. It's hard to overstate how wealthy he became from this invention. By the 1870s, he was opening uh, skating rinks uh, for for roller skating, uh, not just all over America, but he had brought it to Europe, and indeed he'd brought it to Australia. This was a global empire which he created, of roller skating. And by the turn of the century, as I said with the Charlie Chaplin movie in 1916, it was considered one of the most popular uh, forms of entertainment in America at that time. Who knew? Yeah, and it was also regarded, or the uh, those kind of ro- rinks were regarded as quite wholesome uh, and an alternative to doing sinful things. Yeah, so Plimpton was a real snob and um, <laughs> perhaps it's appropriate that uh, there was roller skating happening in Buckingham Palace because he saw this as very much the preserve of the upper classes. He saw it as a pure entertainment. He didn't allow any advertisements for liquor or tobacco in his roller rinks and he made it exclusive and expensive so that only the the richest and most privileged people in society could partake in, mm. in this. And uh, he wanted to kind of keep it clean uh, of, of any sort of riffraff coming into his into his roller rinks. Uh, did that last? It didn't. No. Everything changes. Now, 
what happens, I guess, Sean, is that it becomes democratised, it becomes cheaper. There isn't much roller skating happening between the 1930s and the 1950s. But in the 1950s, we see a massive resurgence in interest. And one of the reasons, I don't know if you've seen or if any of the listeners have seen a wonderful uh, early George Lucas movie called American Graffiti. Yeah. But it demonstrates really well how they came back into vogue. There was this thing called, which I think we've alluded to on this slot before, the drive-in diner. Uh, which is seems to have be having a renaissance in the west coast of the states at the moment because of COVID, but the drive-in diner was a really startling example of kind of roadside mid-century architecture in America. They were circular designed, where cars could come in and they they parked all around this kind of umbrella-shaped structure, and. It was car hops were the name of the people, the waiters and waitresses who served and they moved on roller skates generally Ah, from the kitchen to the car. And in American Graffiti, this George Lucas movie, you can see the car hops working, moving beautifully, gracefully from one car to the next and back to the kitchen with their clip on trays, which were then attached to the uh, to to the, the window of the car. Uh, yeah, and Richard Dreyfuss started uh, started that did, movie, and very Ron Howard, looking uh, um, Ron uh, Howard, and who went on to uh, become a, um, a very successful uh, director very successful in his director own right. In, yeah, in, absolutely. In his own right. I think uh, Harrison Ford had a small part in that as well. He didn't, did he? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, um, did. There's a long list of people who who had just bit parts on it, or either auditioned for it because they were looking for unknown actors. So maybe that's that, maybe that was George Lucas's first encounter with Harrison before Ford before casting him in Star Wars. Um, yeah, now we should mention um, before we finish the Irish angle here, and there is a really important Irish angle, and I hope some of the listeners will remember what I'm about to say. But in 1979, roller disco came to Ireland. And I was looking at some fantastic RTE archive coverage of this. It was at the Olympic Ballroom, which was on Pleasant Street. Um, Sean, I don't know if you remember that place in... uh, Pleasant Street is in um, Portobello. Yeah. Um, Now, the, the... Olympic Ballroom doesn't exist anymore. I think it was gotten it, uh, demolished in uh, about 20 years ago. But Roller Disco arrived there in 1979 and it was a huge success. People basically went there with their friends, with dates, and they roller skated around a big indoor uh, room hmm. uh, to disco music. Uh, this was the height of the disco era. And it was really very, very popular among Dubliners. Yeah. Um, so, so I used to roller skate in the Dreamland Ballroom in a tie in the late 70s. I think I saw Bill Hughes there a few times too. Lots of crack and cracks. So I... <laughs> Brilliant. So it went outside Dublin too. That Bill Hughes reference may or may not be defamatory. We're not too sure what they're implying there. So, but but after roller skates, then uh, did they become usurped by uh, um, the fancier ones? The names of which escaped me now. The the, uh, roller blades. Roller blades. Yes. When I was a kid, roller blades were all the rage. Um, I I've never been able to skate a roller blade. I had a, a terrifying. Um, incident happened to me in an ice rink um, a few years ago, which has put me off forever. But um, <laughs> the rollerblading thing was started by the Olsen brothers in um, 1980. 
in Minnesota. Makes makes sense that it's Minnesota, Sean, because this was derived directly from the ice hockey uh, craze in Minnesota. Of course, it's a very, very cold place in the winter on the border with Canada there. And they wanted some way to achieve off-season training. And if mm. you think about the structure of an ice skate and a rollerblade, they're very, very similar. The inline skate where the, the wheels are all in a row and you have to balance on that. You're using very similar muscles and skills as you would if you were playing ice hockey. And this was ideal for them. Again, it's often we come across this on this slot, Sean, like Hoover. It becomes a kind of a generic term. But Rollerblade was and is a brand name for a particular type of roller skate. Ah, And it just became the most famous brand. And that therefore, we call them all Rollerblades. But really what they are called should be inline, uh, inline skates. Uh, so are roller skates gone now? You know, we don't see people roller skating around the place anymore. Yeah, I mean, really. I use the canal quite a bit uh, for coming to work and I do occasionally see people roller skating there because there's the new kind of cycle superhighway along there, which is ideal for skating. To be honest, you don't really see that many people skating around Dublin. Uh, maybe there are. I know roller derby is a popular sport in Ireland. Well, I mean, I say popular, it's still quite niche, but this is a an indoor kind of contact roller skate sport. Um, I'm not sure how it works, but I know that there are certain clubs around Ireland which are involved in that. Simon, thanks a million for coming in to us. Uh, Simon Tierney there. Moncrief on News Talk.